Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Yeah, good evening and welcome to the Big Red Bench. It's Colm O'Sullivan with you until 7 o'clock with a busy, busy show on a busy weekend of sport. Very shortly, we will cross live to Limerick. The Gaelic Rounds in Limerick. Valerie is there for us and we look ahead to the National Hurling League clash between Cork and Limerick. Cork going into that game on the back of some impressive performances in the league so far this season. We're not too far from fans returning to stadiums and one of the government's trial events takes place here in Cork next Friday at Turner's Cross. We'll hear from Cork City Chairman Declan Carey all about that. We'll be looking ahead to the Cork Lady Footballers Clash with Waterford tomorrow as well. We'll discuss with Rowing Ireland's media ban that was announced during the week and we will have a reaction from the Red FM Senior Hurling League launch all to come between now and six. Or even between now and seven, I should say, because it is six o'clock right now and it is Big Red Bench time. Good evening. How are you? It's Colm O'Sullivan with you until seven o'clock. Loads going on. As I said, it is a busy show for you tonight. Uh, We're going to be talking, as I said, a little bit later about um, supporters and fans returning to stadiums and events and matches and everything, which we're all looking forward to because I think um, a lot of us in in the media have have been a little bubble where we've been uh, able to go to matches, but they haven't been the same because... There's been no fans there. There's been no atmosphere. There's been no crowds or fun or crack or kind of, you know, just even the supporters just driving on the teams. It hasn't been there, but it is coming back gradually. And one of the trial events that are taking place for sporting events around Ireland, just one of them, is in Cork next week. And that is the Cork City versus Cabinteely match at Turner's Cross next Friday night when about six to 700 supporters will be allowed in um, to that match on Friday. So we'll chat to Cork City Chairman Declan Carey about that a little bit later on in the show. We're also going to talk ladies football. Uh, great game last week. My God, what a great game it was. Unfortunately, Cork were defeated by Dublin in the uh, the ladies football league match up in Dublin. But um, it was uh, it was a cracker of a game, and uh, Cork will be hoping they can you know bring that form into tomorrow's game with Waterford. We'll chat about that match with Ger McCarthy a little bit later on as well. We're also going to chat with Ger about rowing Ireland. Uh, they announced during the week a ban on any of their athletes speaking to the media between now and when the Olympics starts later on this summer. They've decided they don't want them speaking to the media and it's not going to be allowed. And hopefully that doesn't set a precedent because you know sports like rowing and um, I suppose so-called minority sports like that do need the coverage and you know they're totally entitled to do their own thing but is it a good idea we'll chat about that later on also we were down during the week myself and Rory at the launch of the 2021 Red FM Senior Hurling League and that took place in Porky Cueve on I think it was Monday night we were down there so we'll hear from um, some of the people down there including uh, the Rockies captain Michael O'Halloran as they begin their defence of the Red FM Senior Hurling League pretty soon as well but first we'll round up some of what's going on sporting wise this weekend and as I said uh, quarter past seven is the throw in time at the Gaelic Grounds in Limerick for Cork versus Limerick in the um, Alliance National Hurling League uh, Cork went to the match at the back of a high really score uh, you know they've had the a lot of goals and so on. They added the win over Water for the draw against Tip and then the huge win scoring seven goals at 27 points over Westmeath while Limerick have failed to win their opening three matches. So we'll see how that fares out and chat to Valerie about that in just a few minutes. Elsewhere in football today then Cork City FC women's team. They've been beaten by Galway Women's FC in the Women's National League. Galway getting a 2-0 win over City at Turner's Cross earlier on this afternoon. In rugby, Ulster away to Edinburgh in the Guinness Rainbow Cup. That game is underway now. We'll get you a score for that in a few minutes golf and Shane Lowry is best of the Irish ahead of his third round at the Memorial Tournament the Open champion he um, he teed off from four under par and uh, he is now um, still four under par there through two holes so not doing too bad at all and uh, he's in a tie for ninth and six shots off leader John Ram at the Memorial Tournament and Rory McIlroy is level par there through four holes while Patrick Harrington missed the cut on 11 over in tennis defending champion Rafa Nadal has 
have defeated uh, Britain's Cameron Norrie in straight sets in their last 32 match at the French Open earlier on world number one Novak Djokovic sailed into the next round with a straight sets win over Lithuanian Ricardus Barankis you gotta love the tennis players names for pronunciations don't you I think that's alright though uh, in boxing 2018 world boxing champion Kelly Harrington well she has the chance this evening to book her spot at the Olympics and we all hope that she does just that uh, the Dublin lightweight faces current IBF super featherweight champion Maiva Hamadouche in the quarterfinals of the qualifiers in Paris meanwhile Roscommon's Ifo Rourke will be off to Tokyo if she can win against Polish featherweight Ila Wojcik later on this evening as well um, so a lot going on sports wise across the weekend but it is to the Gaelic grounds in Limerick where we go first and Valerie Wheeler is up there for us and Valerie I suppose um, great to have the Cork Hurlers back in action and they've been doing pretty well they had the win over Waterford they had the draw with Tip and a big big win over Westmeath two weeks ago down in Porky Creeve and you're up there again Valerie this evening in a quiet stadium no supporters but as I was saying a little while ago it's not going to be long till the fans are back in stadiums now too so you'll have a bit of company yeah only a few weeks time a third of July now is when Cork and Limerick will be able to have a few fans in Munster Championship so it'll be very exciting but as of today I'm, I'm the only one sitting in the car park now because <laughs> I'm always I love to be early as everyone knows <laughs> brilliant uh, Cork and Limerick tonight uh, and I mentioned they've kind of had mixed fortunes I think Cork will probably be the happier of their games so far Valerie would you reckon yeah look I think to be honest Colin Cork probably have surprised a lot of people over the last few weeks and I think surprised people in a good way but I hope it's not the hope that kills us you know <laughs> what I mean but when it comes to Cork and when you've had a look at them over the last few weeks you know they've had so many different players. I think they've had over 30 players yeah. that they've trialed and experienced over the last few games in the league, which is crazy, which is an, a massive amount of players to be getting on, you know, getting game time, which is great on them, I think. Because for years, you know, they might have been slow to experiment. And I think now, and everyone knows that the league is the perfect time to do this because by the time the championship run, runs around, you should be having your team nailed. So I think Kingston has been really clever along with his background team, getting these lads a chance. They're so young. I don't know if you've seen this week as well. There's 10 changes the team obviously but I don't know if you've noticed that there's only two of them that are over the age of 24 this week and that is Alan Cadigan and Damien Callan. the rest of them the 13 of them are all under 24 years of age so they're really really the emphasis is on the youth in Cork this year like that's a really, really young squad, Valerie, isn't it? And I mean, it shows. I suppose it shows the the strength that is there and the youth system that is coming through for Cork, and um, that they can bring in all these guys under the age of twenty four and put them out in a game like this. Yeah, and to be honest, like you think that going up against a team like Limerick that you'd be a bit scared to do something like that at this time but they don't seem to really care. They want to get the lads out there. They want to give them a chance, and I think we really do we've relied on so much on the experience played for years and they can't do it themselves so I think it's great that these young players are getting a chance I know that uh, Father O'Neill's Jeremillerick is of course in Declan Dalton it's their first appearance tonight uh, this year so it'll be exciting and I think it'll be a really interesting game and as I said like it over the last they had a landslide win over Westmead the last day you know they really will be coming in with confidence I really don't think that Cork will fear Limerick anyway tonight at all I think they're very, very confident because I've been at uh, two or three of the games myself this year as well. And that Westmead game, now I know the opponents were very, very poor in Westmead, but it was a strange game even to be reporting on because the amount of scores, you were losing track of the scores and uh, trying to keep up with it. 727 to something like 15 points, I think was the final score against Westmead and a broad range of scorers there. Um, and Cork Valerie hadn't had such a high score in nearly a decade in any game. Now, I know against poor opposition, but that still gives you great confidence just to be able to bang in that amount of scores uh, both goals and points against any opposition doesn't it? Yeah I suppose because they the draw against Tipperary then they the wins over Waterford yeah. and Westmead and over those three games Colin they've actually scored 14 goals and 65 Yeah I was, I, I was calculating that with Rory uh, last week as well yeah. when we were chatting about it and I was like, I was like is that right because that's a lot isn't yeah. it? Yeah. No, it is, it is. And I think because maybe, you know, for the last few years, Cork really, I think that, and even to see the buzz around Cork now and pundits during the week and local papers and, you know, even the Sunday League, you can see that people think that Cork is a sleeping giant. And it's just really exciting to see that people are talking so positively about Cork because for a long time, Colin, we all spend such, and I'm, I'm a candidate for myself, <laughs> but I do speak quite negative of the team. And that's because it's your job to do so. But I think it is really like, like 14.65 I mean it'll be so interesting to see when they keep that goal scoring and especially against Limerick tonight because Limerick have rested Nicky Quaid so they are giving Barry Hennessy a chance so it's his first start for Barry Hennessy this year also 
their sub goalie is actually Jason Glan, who is brothers of Aaron Glan, who is their obviously forward. Yeah. Um, for Limerick then tonight, you know, um, they're also experiencing this seven changes for the Limerick team. There's a teenager in, he's in his leave and search, his name is Colin Coughlin, and he's going to make his Limerick debut tonight in the league. Um, Dermot Burns is back after serving his match ban, but then you've Kyle Hayes and Seamus Vanagan out serving their match ban. So, I just think it'll be really interesting. I think Limerick, they really do need to respond. And I just think that Cork could be on the receiving end of that tonight because Limerick have yet to record a win in the league. And especially last year, Colin, they were unbeaten last year in the league and championship. And for them to come in and have such a bad run now over the last few weeks, I think that they'll be looking to respond tonight. Yeah, Limerick won't have expected a start like that. They'd expect to have at least one or two wins under their belt by now, wouldn't they? Sure, of course they would. And I think that, I don't know, like I've been talking to a few people and I'm like, I wonder, it's not that they don't care, but maybe they're just, you know, trialing things. Maybe they're giving players a chance. But I, I just think it's been really weird not to see Limerick perform to the best of their ability over the last few weeks. It's been strange. And I, I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm looking forward to tonight's game because I'm really excited to see Cork. And then I'm also excited to see will Limerick respond. So I think it's going to be a really interesting game. And of course, like it's going to set us up for what's going to happen in a few weeks' time when the big one matters. It's Munster Championship. So it's just very yeah, exciting. I'm actually buzzing to be here this evening. I like that. As you say, this is a bit of a dress rehearsal, really, for, for the Munster Championship, isn't this? And I, I know the result won't, won't decide how the Championship game goes, but it'll certainly give an indication of where both teams are in comparison to each other, won't it? Yeah, and I think it will now because Cork, as we mentioned, you know, they've been going so well and Limerick haven't. So, like, I don't know, if Limerick turn on the switch tonight and show us how they really play, like, could Cork be in trouble and then could we realise where Cork really are at? You know, Cork really have... Have Cork been tested over the last few weeks? I mean, the Westmead score, like, as you mentioned, that Westmead were very poor that day, so were they even tested enough? Or have we seen them being tested enough? Have we seen them be tested over Waterford and Tip? So I don't know. It'll just be very interesting. And I think tonight will be a great marker to find out where both teams are at. I do get the sense from you, Valerie, the way you're saying it, that you're a bit wary that Cork might be getting uh, a little bit carried away with the results so far. <laughs> I just hate, I hate hyping them <laughs> up, Colin, because this is coming from a Cork fan that gets so disappointed at putting, taking you off my journalist path now. But <laughs> we're allowed to be biased, it's so fine. <laughs> <laughs> I get so disappointed every year so I hate hyping them up <laughs> well hopefully hopefully they'll live up to the hype um, this evening and I think it'll be a big test for them as well against Limerick tonight as we said um, but I mean that's that's phenomenal scoring the, the, the likes of 14 goals and 65 points or whatever we said it was yeah. uh, that, that that's that's crazy is tonight going to be a high scoring game are Cork going to keep up that scoring level and if Limerick are to match them will will they need to score a, a lot of goals and points as well or do you think realistically Limerick will, will keep the scores a lot lower than, than Cork's previous opponents? I think it'll be a lot lower than Cork's previous uh, opponents. I don't think they'll be getting carried away with all the goals and points, to be honest. Um, I do think both teams now have a strong bench. I mean, Cork are resting Patrick Horgan tonight as well. We have to yeah. mention that too. So, And we rely on him such a lot. So I think that... I don't know, it'll be very interesting. I think Limerick needs to put the whispers to bed, Column. I think the losses over the last few weeks, but Cork really do look sharper up front, you know, they do with the plenty of goals. But I just, I this game I'm just a bit weary of because I feel like Limerick will just want to shut everyone up after all the negative <laughs> stuff of the last few weeks, you know. If you had to call us, who would you go for? What do you think? Oh my God, everyone's going to hate me. <laughs> I'm going to say Limerick. Oh, get out. <laughs> but this is what happens when you live in Limerick and you're from Cork ah, you see yeah that split allegiance is there Val you know or, or, or yeah. else or else or else maybe professional integrity and it keeps you unbiased Ex- do you know what I'll go with the latter I'll go with the latter go with the latter and uh, we mentioned um, at the start about uh, obviously behind closed doors again tonight the game and supporters will gradually be coming back now across the summer we're going to chat to uh, to Cork City Chairman Declan Carey later on in the show as well because Cork City and Cabin Tilly is one of the trial events next week as is the Leinster and Dragons game in the RDS and uh, the Shamrock Rovers and Finarps game in, um, in Tallis Stadium as well they're all going to have somewhere in about 700 to a couple of thousand at the games um, so the GA's turn will come in a couple of weeks as well then Valerie and I think GA supporters all over the country are dying to get back into stadiums and the same as, as any sport the players are dying to have them there as well aren't they? 
Uh, look, I think they really will because when you, I, I presume, you know, players always say that the, the, the fans do give them a little bit of a buzz. And I, I was listening to uh, Radio 1 on the way here column and you could yeah. just hear the fans above an Antrim for the Wexford and Antrim Brilliant. game. And it was yeah. really exciting. And it's just so nice to hear the atmosphere in the stadium. I mean, you really have missed them. And I know that a few club games now, I think it's from Monday the club are allowed to have 100 at yes. the games. Yeah. And, you know, the pies have been so the next few weeks. It's all so positive. And I think that once vaccinated fans get into the stadium, I mean, it just gives everyone a bit of a boost. Even sitting there watching the game, sometimes you'd forget you're at a game, you'd, you'd think you're at a challenge match or a bit of a training session because the atmosphere isn't there. So I really, honest God, I cannot wait to welcome the fans back into the stadium because sometimes the fans really do make the game and the players say it themselves like it's like the 16th man, you know. <laughs> it's got to be fantastic. And as you say, the vaccines are really stepping up now. They're getting through them fast and hopefully things are all heading in the right direction. So do you think... We've heard about it. Are we going to get 25,000, 30,000 at All-Ireland Finals in August? Do you think that's realistic? Oh, God. Like, I'm no medical profession, so I don't know if I can answer <laughs> that one. But I th- it seems like a lot, doesn't it? It does seem know. like a lot. It does, but hopefully. Oh, God, hopefully. I'm like... Squash, 80,000 of us in there for vaccinated, for God's sake. Like, yeah. you know, we'll wear a mask, we'll be fine. But I think, look, as I think as long as family and friends, maybe, even yes. family get to go and see their, their, you know, their sons and their partners and their husbands and their wives play in an All-Ireland final, I think that's really important because, like, they're the ones that's there for them at the end of the day when they do lose or when they win. And I think Croke Park is such a lonely, lonely place if you lose an All-Ireland final day and to lose and to not have your family members or your loved mm. one around you to support you, I think that's very difficult. It certainly is and uh, hopefully we'll have the, the big crowds there for the All-Ireland Finals and crowds back for games right across the summer because it's, it's looking good and we can see crowds going to a, a lot of games in the UK and stuff recently as well so fingers crossed that all stays on track but Valerie you're, you're fighting a lone battle there yourself and the players and a few journalists tonight but enjoy it at the Gaelic Grounds in Limerick Cork versus Limerick alright? I will I hope I'm wrong with my prediction and there'll be post-match tomorrow night in the Venture Roar Fingers crossed it's a Cork win Valerie thanks a million enjoy the game Bye, Colin. And throw in, as we said, at quarter past seven. So just in about literally an hour's time for Cork and Limerick at the Alliant National Hurling League. That is live on television as well. It's live on RTE2 tonight. Uh, coverage beginning there in about 45 minutes time. And um, as we said, throw in at quarter past seven. So we're looking forward to watching that game later on. And hopefully another Cork victory because as we said Cork have been going well and hopefully it's, uh, we're not getting carried away <laughs> as I was saying to Valerie a little while ago um, now we are just to update you on the uh, the boxing we were mentioning uh, Kelly Harrington a little while ago and that she um, was in action and she has been victorious which is great news Kelly Harrington has been victorious and she is going to the Olympics which is fantastic she defeated her opponent uh, one of the most feared women in women's boxing apparently amateur pro Maiva Hamadouche and Harrington and outboxed her for two rounds and um, uh, it was a, a, a great win for her um, and uh, she had a really good professional record going into this did um, did um, her opponent Hamadouche um, 18 knockouts as a pro and she was 22 for one and uh, Kelly Harrington managed to defeat her in their qualifying match uh, in France this evening in the bout there and uh, she's now going to the Olympics representing Ireland so well done to Kelly Harrington Uh, will she be the next Katie Taylor I wonder and uh, we're looking forward to seeing her at the Olympics later on this summer Uh, will there be fans at the Olympics I don't know I think think they're allowing um, is it home based fans just in Tokyo and Japan I think I don't think they're allowing any other supporters from abroad to go to the Olympics just the athletes allowed travelling from abroad but somewhere we know that supporters will be next Friday night is at Turner's Cross. It's the first event in Cork in over a year, in over 14 or 15 months since early March 2020, when there will be any sort of organised crowd at any event, be it a sporting event, be it a concert, be it an artistic event, anything at all. This is a trial event that the government are running and they're using Cork City's match versus Cabin Healy in the League of Ireland next Friday night. There'll be over 600 supporters there and we're going to chat about it now, about how great it is to have fans returning to sporting events with Cork City FC chairman Declan Carey. Deck, how are you? Hey, Colm. Not too bad. How's it going? 
Great, thanks for joining us. And um, as I mentioned, it'll be wonderful on Friday night to have the fans back at Turner's Cross. It's one of the trial events that the government are running and uh, one of the very few trial events are actually in Cork. Most of them are in Dublin in terms of both sporting and uh, artistic and so on. So um, in terms of sporting ones, there's a lot of them over the next couple of weeks, but there's three on Friday night and one of them is in Cork. Uh, there's Leinster and Dragons in the RDS, Shamrock Rovers in Fen Arps and Tallis Stadium and Cork City versus Cabin Teeley at Turner's Cross. So I suppose it's great for the club to be chosen by the government and the authorities to um, to be, I suppose, trusted with trialling bringing supporters back to events, isn't it? Uh, exactly, Colm, yeah. And I think, look, it's a, it's an absolute credit to all of the, uh, the the club staff and and volunteers that have, you know, been working tirelessly, I, I guess, not even just during the, the COVID restrictions over the last year, but even before that, you know, when any time we've had government officials at the game or representatives of the FAI, we've always, um, you know, shown ourselves to be, you know, one of the best run match nights in in the League of Ireland and uh, indeed all, all over the country. So, you know, it's. I think it's just a credit to everyone to show that we can um, facilitate this this trial event, and it's uh, you know something I'm sure all of the staff and uh, and the volunteers uh, can be certainly proud of, and so, something we're very proud of as well that you know we're one of the first um, first events to be uh, to be trialed across the country, and uh, some of the other events as you mentioned there as well, and we 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 really hope everything goes well now, and I'm sure it will. You know, we've got Turner's Cross um, in an excellent condition to facilitate these um, these trial events and it's something we've shown to the FAI that we have the capability to do it and you know this the stadium um you know, is is very suitable to to this kind of um, this trial event, and hopefully it it proves that we can uh, facilitate crowds and the the numbers then slowly increase. And um, you know, as well, it 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 should bode well for other League of Ireland grounds and teams as well, which is you know ultimately what everyone wants is to get fans back in the ground. And Cork City always through the years would have Declan the some of the biggest crowds in the country in all sports, but certainly in League of yeah. Ireland and big big crowds every week in Cork. And obviously they mightn't be as big this season in the first division but they'd still be right up there in footballing terms of quite big crowds. But it's been so long since we've had the fans in Turner's Cross. Like, uh, we've both been lucky enough to, to be in at games, but it's, it's not the same. It, it's strange when there's no fans there and it's so it's kind of quiet and eerie. But I think like there was there was one, maybe one or two games last year in the middle of summer yeah. where there was 200 fans allowed. But apart from that, really, I think it was the maybe the Finn Harps game way, way back last year in about March of last year. Yeah, yeah, Finn Harps game back then, we had a great crowd at that match, actually, and the atmosphere was fantastic, and I think that's, you know... uh, Again, something as you said there, we we uh, we did have a you know a handful of supporters in at a, a two or three games last year, and it just you know it was great for them. And uh, but it's just not the same. You need the you need the volume of supporters, and uh, you know even not just in terms of size, but the actual volume and the noise that they generate as well. We all know how um, how atmospheric Turner's Cross can be when when there's a significant crowd in, and we think um, the Cabin Teeley game will be uh, you know will only scratch the surface. Like it won't be. Your typical night in Turner's Cross of what uh, folks would have been used to maybe back at that Finn Harps game when um, you know that was the the last game we had before the the COVID lockdown kind of hit. But you know there will be social distancing guidelines. We're asking season card holders to register before Tuesday. Um, so you know we want everyone to to sign up. We should be able to accommodate as many season ticket uh, holders as possible. And you know it's great as well now to be able to reward those fans that showed such loyalty to the club in in the preseason there and um, and committed to buying these season cards when it was completely unknown when they would be allowed to come into grounds. I think you know some fans even bought these season cards with the except. Uh, ex- Expecting that they would not go yeah. back into Turner's Cross this season, and you know here we are now in uh, in June, and and they're able to attend the game. So it's great to be able to reward them as well. And you know all I can do is urge as many season cards as pos- uh, season card holders as possible to register up, and um, and and then we'll we'll um, we'll ensure that we uh, can accommodate as many as possible. Is it CorkCityFC.ie where they register, Declan? Yeah, CorkCityFC.ie, and on the homepage there, there should be um, a banner across, um, you know, with, with a link in where you can fill out and register. You just need to provide your name, email address, um, your season card details. Um, every season card holder would have got their season card in the post some number of weeks ago as well. Um, but look, if you have any difficulties at all and you're a season card holder and, uh, you know, you, you can't seem to use the registration online for whatever reason, you know, please contact the club as well by email info at CorkCityFC.ie or, or call 
club um, on the on the club's phone number. So look, we're, we'll we'll accommodate as many as we possibly can in as many ways as possible. You know, we we understand that um, some some supporters may not uh, be tech savvy and go online and register, and that's a that's a difficult thing I think for um, and the way the world has gone over the last year, everything has gone online these days. But you know, we will um, we will try and uh, facilitate as many uh, supporters as possible who reach out to us and, and need any help. Brilliant, and you mentioned it'll be a little bit different than normal still with social distancing and so on still in place but I suppose we can look at the games in England that have had crowds back over the last few weeks maybe the last three or four weeks they've had crowds back at uh, Premier League games and at some of the, the playoff games and the cup finals and so on and we've seen like 70, 80,000 seater stadiums with maybe 10,000 people in it so this is kind of the equivalent by, by Turner's Cross size wise so it'll be a similar layout I'd imagine Declan with uh, people kind of spaced out unfortunately we're probably not going to have like a, a thousand people jumping on top of each other in the shed yeah, but yeah. we'll get there eventually too <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but look, I, I still think even though they'll be spaced out, as you can see, when the you know things like the Champions League final and uh, those those games in England, as you mentioned, like even though the the crowd are spaced out, that you know they can still create a bit of noise and atmosphere, and I'm sure you know the the crowd will will do their best to 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 try and um, you know. Get, put a bit of motivation into the lads as well a bit of extra motivation that only a, a live crowd can give and you know hopefully that will uh, help spur the lads on as well and we can we can pick up uh, the three points which again is probably the most important thing about Friday night's game aside from the, the fans coming back which is a huge um, a huge milestone for the club uh, in terms of the, the return um, return from COVID-19 so super excited for our column Absolutely. and looking forward to seeing as well how the, the, the players react a lot of them are young lads who m- might not have played in front of a, a large crowd Turner's cross before and you know it's uh, it's hugely important that the crowd that do come on the night you know spur them on as much as we can and give them the support you know the majority of them are young lads from Cork who are making their debuts in, in senior football um, and this will be the first time they're played in front of a, a large crowd as I said so you know it's important that we uh, give them the support that they need and um, I'm sure they can uh, you know respond uh, in kind with that support with a, a positive performance Just finally Declan it's something I, I spoke to um, to Garrett Morrissey and Colin Healy and others about in recent weeks um, I think Cork City and I don't know if you'd agree with me have been affected more than a lot of clubs in the first division by not having the supporters there because a lot of the first division clubs let's be honest they wouldn't have very big crowds anyway at the best of times whereas Cork City are used to having the crowd behind them and spurring them on so you'd hope now that's going to inspire the lads a bit more and, and maybe hopefully kind of pick up a few results because of it yeah, you'd expect so. Column, look, it's, it's happened to other clubs as well, all across Europe. You'd imagine that have such, you know, uh, where their their fan presence has such prominence around their club, um, uh, and you know, for the players themselves as well. Like you've seen it uh, when you introduce the, the players onto the pitch before the yeah. game. Like they they literally come out of the the mouth of the shed end, and they have the crowd behind them and and roaring them on. And then at half time, you know, they go in and you know, if um, if a game is tight, you know, the crowd can can show a bit of encouragement there as well as they go into the dressing room and then come out of the dressing room in the second half and like you can only imagine that can only be a positive thing um, you know that, the, that that will help the players you know as, as you said at, this, uh, at the beginning there like it, 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 there's airy silences at, at half time full time when the players come out and do their warm up you know it's just it's just not the same and it's not what League of Ireland fans are are used to seeing or League of Ireland players are used to used to playing in front of um so, you know, again, it can only be a positive thing, I think, and uh, very um, excited now to see what, what Friday night is like at the cross and having the fans back and, you know, starting off a few chants and stand up yeah. for the Park City and, uh, you know, trying to, to, to egg the lads on as, as much as they can. Ah, it's going to be fantastic. Looking forward to it myself. Um, and it's going to be about somewhere in the region of six or 700 fans in at Turner's Cross on um, Friday night for the first trial event in Cork um, with crowds. The first event of any sort in Cork with crowds since March of 2020. So it's great that Cork City FC and Turner's Cross are involved in that. And uh, hopefully it's just the start of, of many, many more to come. Listen, uh, Cork City Chairman Declan Carey, we're looking forward to Friday. I'll see you Friday, Declan. Thanks for chatting to us. See you Friday as always, Colm. Thank you, sir. Good man, Deck. Okay, that is the uh, the trial game at Turner's Cross on Friday night. The government trial of having crowds at events. Remember that when we used to go to concerts and matches and have thousands of people there. It seems in the distant past now, doesn't it? But it's coming back and we're loving to see it back. We're also looking forward to something else on Friday night, which is 
the start of the European Championships, the Euros, Euro 2020. Even though it's 2021, it's going to be absolutely brilliant. Unfortunately, Ireland aren't there, but sure, we're happy out playing friendlies against Andorra and Hungary and things at the moment. Uh, a lot of friendlies on at the moment, actually. Yeah, just one team, I suppose, that would be interest to us in this part of the world, Wales and Albania, scoreless there in their friendly after 73 minutes. Uh, Wales, obviously, in the Euros. England, Wales and Scotland are all in the Euros, and England and Scotland are playing each other. They're in the same group on Friday week, which is going to be a cracker of a game. Remember, they played each other in the groups in Euro 96, way, way back. And I think Gaza scored, didn't he, in that game? Um, so that brings back a few memories. But we are looking forward to Euro 2020. And we'll chat loads about that on the Big Red Bench and uh, on Red FM in general over the next couple of weeks as well. But the opening game next Friday night is Italy against Turkey. And uh, then England's opening game is against Croatia. And then you got the big England and the Scotland game the following week as well. So uh, it's going to be good. It is going to be good. It's going to be a festival of football. And there's going to be crowds in there as well at lots of the games right across Europe because it is a multi-city event and unfortunately we were supposed to have games in Dublin but uh, the government deemed it not safe apparently for those to go ahead even though all the other countries are having them ahead. Uh, it was probably just a, a month too early in fairness um, for us here unfortunately. Right, it is the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM. We're going to take a break. When we come back we're talking ladies football, more hurling and also rowing Ireland's. They've banned their athletes from talking to the media. All that plenty more to come between now and seven here on the Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. It is the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM. It's Colm O'Sullivan with you until 7 o'clock this evening. On a busy weekend of sport, we are counting down, as we said, to the Cork hurlers back in action this evening. Cork versus Limerick up at the Gaelic Grounds in Limerick and throwing there is not too far away at all. Just uh, less than 45 minutes time now throwing there at the Gaelic Grounds in Limerick is at 7.15 for Cork versus Limerick in the Alliance National Hurling League. Hopefully Cork can continue their winning ways two wins and a draw so far for the Rebels fingers crossed they can get a third win against Limerick but it's going to be tough as we discussed with Valerie earlier on in the show and there'll be lots of reaction to that game here on the Big Red Bench tomorrow evening from 6pm as well well worth tuning in for that with Rory uh, hopefully chatting about a Cork win fingers crossed and uh, now we're going to turn our attentions to ladies football and Cork back in action tomorrow against Waterford the Cork lady footballers on the back of a cracking game Really great game against Dublin last weekend, but unfortunately Cork on the losing side in that match. I'm joined now by the host of our Women in Sport podcast, the Cork's Red FM Women in Sport podcast, Ger McCarthy, to chat about the ladies football team. Ger, how are you keeping? Uh, really good, Cork. Good to talk to you, man. Great stuff. And um, I was listening to your, some of your podcasts during the week, and you were talking about last week's game for the lady footballers against Dublin, and a real, real cracker, Ger, wasn't it? An absolute epic uh, between two of the, the two strongest teams in this year's League Football Championship and a repeat of last year's final. And it had a bit of everything in Cullum. Um, Dublin looked really, really good from early on. Hannah Tyrrell, former rugby international, has joined them this year and she was absolutely sensational in the second half. But um, it was a low-scoring first half, but it absolutely exploded after the break. Seven goals in the end. Cork coming up short by a point, um, even though they hit the point with one of their last attacks. Really, really good end-to-end game, full of fantastic football, and it bodes well for the rest of the year. And despite the defeat, a lot of good positives to take from Cork's point of view. I suppose they're the games Cork need really to test themselves against the likes of Dublin. Very, very, very strong side, and as you said, a high-scoring game. And they're the kind of games that Cork will learn from now heading into the rest of the season, really, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Ify Fitzgerald's manager has repeatedly said that he's using the league to look at as many players as possible, and he's been true to his word. But, you know, when you when you play Dublin, they are the benchmark, they are the reigning All-Ireland champions, they are the favourites again this year. You learn a lot more about your players, especially, especially the fringe players. And from his point of view, Ify's point of view, sorry, I think he'd have been very, very happy with the performance of Saeed O'Leary in the corner forward. She played superbly, got another goal, has been playing really well in the two games to date, both against Tip and Dublin. Also, Emma Cleary, and there's, there's there's an interesting bench developing there players and alternatives in each of the positions and there's quite a lot of competition for places and they're the things you want during the league campaign ahead of heading into the championship so yeah so far out of the two games and probably headed this weekend's game at Waterford EP is getting a good look at his entire squad and that's what he wanted from day one that's exactly what he wanted from day one. Um, having seen Dublin in action now last week and Cork in action, I suppose, Gerard, you're, you're kind of weighing them up ahead of the rest of the season, ahead of the championship in the summer and so on. Uh, how far do you think will Cork push Dublin all the way this year? 
Oh, definitely. I mean, I, I think that match, um, the league match, even though they came up short and even though it ended up being a shootout, will have brought them on a huge amount. Um, to get that game so early in the year in the league and considering it's a reduced league this year, Colm as well, I mean, they'll have been delighted with that. That's better than three or four training sessions because it's full on. You're up against the best in the country. And to be fair to them, I think they were close enough to, to Dublin last year. They faded in the second half of the All-Ireland final for in the third quarter and Dublin, you know, put them away. I don't see that happening this year. I think they're going to be a lot, lot closer to Dublin. And even though that match will have only told us about where they are right now, I think come the end of the league and come the end of the championship, hopefully Cork will be there or thereabouts. But if they come across Dublin again, um, I think Dublin know that this is going to be one of their toughest tests. And I think Cork should be pleased where they are right now because look at the players that are missing. We still don't have any Niamh Cotter. We still don't have any Darren O'Sullivan, just to name two off the top of my head. Laura Manny, another player. There's an awful lot of experienced players yet to come back into the squad. And when they come in, the competition for places will be even more intense. And that's what you want. You want players fighting for their place playing consistently well and the only way you beat Dublin in the All-Ireland Championship is when you've not just 15 now but 20 players 10 to the maximum Cork have those players but they need to deliver Absolutely and um, you mentioned that the game against Dublin last week is what, what they needed you mentioned it was as good as three or four training sessions and I suppose they need those games and indeed the training sessions as well and not just Cork but all the teams and all, all, all the teams and all sports really Jura, especially across all, all codes of Gaelic games after the long layoff with the lockdown uh, they only got back training in the last couple of months games are running up and running right across the, the Gaelic game spectrum in, in the last kind of month or two as well um, so after such a long lockdown I know players were training away themselves and doing their own bits and things and there was probably the odd sneaky training session here and there for some teams as well but I mean they, they do need all that to get up to speed now don't they? Yeah the concern is that after such a long layoff that the league was going to be so reduced and that you were straight into a championship it was prevention of injuries really more than anything else and what you've seen Colm is that not just Cork, but a lot of Dublin as well Dublin have six or seven players to come back in they're not risking some of their more established players during the league, say, like look at Niamh Cotter, look at Laura Manny, look at um, Darren O'Sullivan, definitely. I mean, Darren and Breed O'Sullivan as well only played a bit of the first game. Like, there's no point in coming in if you're, if you're carrying an injury, there's no point in coming in and getting hurt in the league because it's so short you could end up missing the start of the championship. So there's a lot of protection of players going on. A lot, very, very careful in training sessions. The one thing I will say because I've witnessed a couple of them, when it comes to the Cork football training sessions, the A versus B games mm. should be televised because they are <laughs> unbelievably intense. They really are an opportunity for the players who are on the fringes of the team to put themselves in the shop window and they certainly take it. But look, Cork are in a very, very good position. We have a settled midfield of Hannah Looney and Mauro Callan, who've both been excellent so far in the two games in the league. The two flying uh, wing-backs, Melissa Duggan, Erica O'Shea, again, look like they're going to have another great year. And Cork, no, Cullen, what they have up front are options. No Anya Terry O'Sullivan, no Searsha Noonan, no Darren O'Sullivan at the moment, but Cy Valeri, Emma Cleary and Libby Coppinger. These types of players have stood up and they've been given their chance and they certainly look to take it with both hands. It, it is going to be a shorter season, but a fascinating one. It's fantastic to have that strength and depth as well. Um, they're heading into another game now tomorrow on the back of that game against Dublin last week and Waterford, the opponent. What kind of test will Waterford uh, pose for Cork tomorrow? Waterford are going to be a really, really tough game for Cork tomorrow. There's absolutely no doubt about it. Simply because they beat Tipperary and beat them well last week, last weekend. Um, Cork would have beaten Tipperary in their opening game. And when you're at home in Dungarvan, um, it's never ever, it's like a cliche, but it's true. And Evie Fitzgerald mentioned it in, the, in these aftermatch comments that we had last weekend. He, he knows the challenge that's coming. He knows the, the test. And don't forget, Cullum, like Waterford have never been that far away from beating Cork. It's taken a few beatings down through the years, but the, the Ladies Football Association in Waterford is getting itself organised. They're buying land. They're looking to the future. They have some really, really good players. Um, Anya Wall at the full forward is somebody that's going to, is going to, they're going to have to keep an eye on tomorrow. But luckily, Roisin Fielding is playing over skin at the moment in the full back position for Cork. But they make no bones about it. This is a Waterford team. If Whoever wins tomorrow, Cullum, is into the league semi finals. Yeah. It's a straight shootout. So it's pretty straightforward. And because it's that straightforward, it might actually have a bit of a championship feel to it. Um, I think both teams will experiment again with the bench and play as many subs as they can because they want to get minutes and legs, minutes into the legs ahead of the opening of the championship. But if it was in Cork, I'd fancy Cork definitely. And I do think Cork will win on Sunday, but I do not think it's going to be as easy as some people think. It's, it's a basically a knockout game almost tomorrow. So kind of it's, it's got that kind of feel certainly anyway, doesn't it? It does, and, it, and like at this time of the year, that's what you want. I mean, Dublin is one test, and Waterford may, you know, I don't want to 
down Waterford by any means but like this having played Dublin what you want is another quick stiff test um, to keep players on their toes keep keep that momentum going and the fact that it's away from home and the fact that Cork will have to be on it for the full 60 minutes that's exactly what if it's Sherrod Paddy Shea and all that backroom team want they want as many tests as possible before the All-Ireland Championship begins and Waterford away is never easy And but I, I think just looking at the Cork team Orlefin is somebody I have to mention here as well the Kinsale yeah. forward Cy Valeria has taken a few headlines or her teammate in, in, uh, in Kinsale but Orlefin has been absolutely brilliant and consistent from her freeze and I think her freeze and the ones that she wins and the ones that she converts tomorrow will be the difference You fancy Cork so just about Just about but I, I mean again it's the league and you know if, if it's championship, you may not as make as many. You yeah. may not need to make as many changes. You're going to put your strongest team out there for as long as you can. But when it comes to the league, you know, irrespective of the score, I think Efi probably has in his head who he wants to come on, who he wants to take a look at, be it in the full back line, uh, and it's certainly in the forwards. There needs to be quite a bit of competition for the forward line this year. Kiro Sullivan has that centre forward position nailed down, but after that. Every other position, well, par from Orlefin, but just four positions up for grabs there, I honestly believe. The half-back line looks settled, Ashley Hutchings, um, O'Shea and uh, Duggan that we mentioned earlier, and Roisin Finn, the full-back. And then there's players to come in, like we've mentioned there, the injured players and the players that have yet to feature. But tomorrow is an opportunity for the forwards to really put a final stake and stake a claim, because should Cork lose, they're out of the league, yep. and then they have to wait a bit of time before the championship starts. But if they win, they'll have a semi-final the following week, and hopefully a final win in the next couple of weeks as well. Mentioning the championship, sure. And either way, the the um, the All Ireland Ladies Senior Football Championship will start on uh, in early July, and the draw was made for the um, the groups for the championship on Thursday. Dublin will open their defence against Tyrone, and uh, they're in a group there with uh, Tyrone and Waterford, and then Cork ourselves. We are in a group along with Meath and Tipperary. Uh, that's Group B for Cork, and Cork's opening game will be on the tenth of July against Meath, and then they have Tipperary the following week on the seventeenth of July. So just looking at that Ger, with that uh, that group there what do you make of that um, when the draw came out my first reaction was well it could have been harder and maybe it could have been a little bit easier people we know all about Tipperary already um, because we've played them and they've a new manager uh, Shane Renan obviously has moved on to take over the Wardford men's team mm. but they've got Ashley Maloney and a lot of very very good players in that team now Cork beat them pretty well the opening night in the National League but I wouldn't take too much on that because Tipperary will be gunning and all guns blazing it will be a lot closer when they meet on the, on the opening day and just a word about Meath as well Meath are up from the intermediate grades since last year um, and I got a look at them at Crow Park they were, they, they were in the uh, final before uh, Cork and Dublin's All-Ireland senior final on the same day, five days before Christmas last year. And they're a very, very solid team. Yeah. Um, you would expect Cork to beat them, but this is a team that's come up that are ready for senior. They're certainly ready for the senior grade, and they will give them all kinds of trouble. I would expect Cork to top the group, but it depends on consistency, depends on having everybody available. But you would imagine, look at those three right now on paper, and the way Cork have played thus far, I'd be expecting two victories and for them to push on. But... I think the scorelines will be a lot closer again because these are two very dogged, very well-organised teams who know all about Cork and won't fear them. Good stuff, Ger. So it is starting, as we said, the 10th of July, the TG Carr All-Ireland Ladies Senior Championship and Cork hoping to wrestle that uh, All-Ireland title back off Dublin again. Hopefully we can get it back to Leaside this year um, for the Cork Lady Footballers. Listen, Ger, uh, thanks a million and uh, hopefully we can get a win against Waterford as well tomorrow. Actually, one thing I did want to ask you is separately away from the ladies football, something I just saw that you tweeted during the week um, and it's a lot of discussion I've seen amongst journalists in general in the sporting world and you said you were thinking of featuring some of the uh, the roars from the, the Irish team ahead of the Olympics in the Corks Red FM Women in Sport podcast. But bizarrely, the uh, the Rowing Association, the uh, Rowing Ireland, they issued a statement on, I think it was Thursday evening, saying that they've basically banned all their players from talking to the media until after the Olympics. And I saw this myself, and I was kind of going, this seems very strange, especially for what you would probably deem a minority sport. You'd imagine they'd want all the coverage that they can get. So what do you think is the thinking behind that, and what do you make of it? Um, it, it was in the pipeline. There was rumours that there was going to be less access to the rowers this year, but there was no concrete proof of it until the statement came out. Now, there's two things about the statement, Colin. One, rowing Ireland are fully entitled to do whatever they want mm. to do to protect their rowers heading into the Olympics. They, as an organisation, be it a minority sport or majority sport, if they feel that they don't want the rowers engaging with the media, that's fine. But, as you said, it's a minority sport. It's growing. It's been growing exponentially since... Um, the, the two skipperine lads <laughs> pulled like dogs in the yeah, previous exactly. Olympics. Yeah, exactly. And like, I mean, they got amazing coverage and it was great for them. 
Absolutely. And the, the thing about it is it's on the rise. I mean, the amount of female roars that are making waves, pardon the pun, over recent weeks. We spoke to Aoife Casey on the Women in Sport podcast. She's from Skibreen. She's qualified already for, for, for the Olympics. She was delighted to talk to us, only happy to promote her sport. Spoke openly about why she believes there's something young girls should look at as a sport when they're choosing a sport. Now, the thing about rowing Ireland is if all you're doing before between now and the Olympics is giving one media okay, one media event where people will be available. The best you'll get is maybe five, ten minutes, and that's it. I mean, we're trying to promote it. There, there's medals within, definitely, the potential for medals is probably, I would imagine, um, at, at best, within the roars from the Irish team that's going to the Olympics. We have a real chance of meddling. Surely you would want to you would want to maximise the minutes, maximise the chance for people to talk to the press, explain who they are, what they're doing, and get the whole country behind them. So, look, it, I think it's an unnecessary step. I think it's a retrograde step, and I think it's something that's going to damage rowing Ireland in the long term. But the, thing, the second thing I wanted to mention, and it really is disappointing to see it, most people know about the number one tennis female player, um, Osaka, who pulled out of the French Open just this past week because she cited that she, she wasn't going to do any yep. more... Uh, press conferences because she was worried about her mental health and there's mention of mental health in that rowing statement so it's it's saying that look we're trying to protect the rowers and for the good of their mental health now it's one thing to say to the media and to the country we're not doing any interviews we're telling them not doing the interviews that's fine if that's what you want to do it's not good we've explained why just there no but don't mention mental health don't mention mental health as an excuse if people are suffering from mental health that's of course nobody wants to put them in front of a microphone and they shouldn't be forced to do that but don't put it into a statement in the same day that you're saying nobody's going to talk to the media between now and the Olympics. Does, I just thought that was yeah. unnecessary, it does seem, badly timed. It does seem strange timing with the Naomi Osaka thing at the French Open, all right, doesn't it? Um, and, and you think maybe, in that you hope it doesn't set a precedent with other sports and kind of using exactly. that, that mental health thing. Um, but like, surely the solution there would be leave it up to the individual athletes if they want to speak to the media great off you go if, if, if they're shy or if they do have a genuine men- mental health issue uh, or they're just not feeling it on the day then fine don't it's, in, uh, yeah, and, uh, it's a matter of choice you, know, you yeah. know it as well as I do in media circles that, that happens and that's fine that's great but don't put it out for the entire rowing Ireland organisation to say that everyone's not talking to the media for, for the good of their mental health and the fact they want to keep quiet to hear in the Olympics it just oh man it's such a backward step and at a time when rowing is really about to kick on really about to kick on even more so than what it's done over previous years, the timing, in my opinion, couldn't be worse. And I have to say, uh, Colm, and I, I mean, Aoife Casey is one example there, a joy to deal with. Any of the rowers that you speak yeah. to, they're absolutely open, very, very good with their time. I've, I had contacted a couple of rowers in the meantime, but I haven't heard back from them, and I'm not going to push them now because I don't want to put them in an awkward position if they've just been told not to talk to the media. But what, what a disaster, because you know, the, when you're looking to promote sport, you're looking to promote women in sport, rowing is at the forefront of it, and this, as I've said and outlined, for many reasons, is an awful backward step. Hopefully they'll have a rethink, and hopefully they'll, they, might, they might rethink it, but I, I doubt it. All right, Jeremy, covered a lot of ground there. Uh, that is Jer McCarthy of the uh, Cork's Red FM Women in Sport podcast. Listen, Jer, um, enjoy the weekend, and hopefully we get a Cork win in the ladies' football tomorrow. Absolutely, Colin. Good start, Jer. Hopefully, and hopefully we get a Cork win tonight as well up in the Gaelic Grounds in Limerick. Now, speaking of hurling, um, the launch of the 2021 Red FM Hurling League took place in Porky Cueve on, we were down there Monday night actually, myself and Rory and some of the team from here at Cork's Red FM. And we're now entering our 12th year of the partnership with uh, the Cork County Board and Cork GAA, the Red FM Hurling Leagues. They've gone from strength to strength. And this year, it features a kind of a different format with teams playing in groups of due to the shortened season obviously we're only coming off the back of a long layoff due to the COVID lockdown and so on Black Rock the Rockies they're the reigning champions lifting the trophy let me explain this now not back in 2020 but back in August 2019 they beat SARS in Porky Ring and while the 2020 leagues did initially begin in maybe February or March last year the COVID pandemic saw the leagues called to a halt uh, Michael O'Halloran he's the Rockies captain and he spoke to Rory down at the launch on Monday night in Porky Cueve and we're Michael O'Halloran of Raining County and Red FM league champions Blackheart Michael how are you sir? Very good. How are you? Good. Um, I suppose you're itching to get back playing and kind of get back into it, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. It's been so long now. October 4th was the county final thing, so it's about eight months now before a game. So everyone's dying to get back, so it's great. What's yeah. been like now back at training on at the, the first match is just around the corner? Uh, brilliant. Yeah, it's been, there's great buzz around the club. Um, everyone's still on a high, so yeah, it's great to be back training and we have young fellas coming through as well. So um, yeah, it's great to be back. 
takes back to that county final I mean like the feeling of lifting that cup in here in front of a pack road must have been incredible yeah it was incredible best moment ever um, dream come true um, so it was unreal and we had a great time or whatever um, put credit to all our players and management and stuff um, and it was a team effort and uh, yeah it was a great feeling I imagine being stopped ever to, to, to be talking about that kind of county final yeah? yeah I suppose like but I thought I suppose when the new year turns then you want to be focusing then again uh, on 2021 people forget about it fairly soon after like so uh, yeah we want to drive on now for next season as well you're the reigning league champions even though there was no league so to speak last year it started and it finished but you, you won in 2019 you're a young team obviously I mean like and winning becomes a habit so how important was winning the league on the, in the road to the championship yeah it was important to get into a winning mindset but I suppose when we won the league that time we went out two weeks later and lost to Newtown so <laughs> it wasn't the best but uh, not the league we took it very seriously that year and uh, yeah obviously winning mindset helps like and winning finals as well so that was definitely good to play that final your first against Harris, yeah. yeah. Your first game in the uh, the league this year is repeated the county final as well against Glen Rovers, so that's going to be a cracker. Yeah, that would be good. Talking to Dave Dooling there um, Saturday the twelfth, I think. So looking forward to that now against the Glen. Yeah, and looking ahead to the championship as well, Tyrone's own Bars Charleville, not an easy group, I suppose. But then again, there are no easy groups. There are not. There are no easy groups, but yeah, they're three very tough games. Um, they'll be well up for it against us, I suppose, and. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a very tough group. So, but we're looking forward to it when it comes. Uh, just looking back as well, the 2019 semi-final at double extra time went over St. Finbar's was one of the most epic league games we've ever oh, seen. Oh yeah, yeah, in the lashing rain in yeah. Ring, yeah, went to double extra time. Yeah, no, that was class. Yeah, um, I remember cramping in that game. So, yeah, it was defi- <laughs> definitely went on a bit too long. You scored 12 points that day, did you? Yeah, mostly free. <laughs> yeah. So, all <laughs> <laughs> no, count. Uh, and come here. Anyway, there's a tag on your back this year. Everyone's out gunning for you, and that, that adds an, an extra bit of pressure. I guess yeah definitely I suppose we need to keep the head down or whatever get back to training and uh, get prepared for our, our opposition um, the opposition league will be very good in the same championship so we'll be uh, we'll have to put in the work now in training and stuff. so yeah looking forward to it and overall I suppose the, the, the Red FM leagues have really grown in stature and they've become vitally important for teams yeah most definitely and the advertising has been good and we've been getting good crowds I suppose in the last two years uh, pre-Covid and um they're very competitive games and this new format should be good as well with the three new teams so yeah we're looking forward to it and thanks to Red FM for sponsoring and supporting thanks Michael very best of luck cheers that's Michael O'Halloran the captain of Black Rock the Rockies captain speaking to our man Rory down at the launch the other night of the Red FM Senior Hurling League in Porky Cueve and Rory also spoke to Mark Sheehan from the Cork County Board about the partnership I think this is the 12th year of the Red FM sponsoring the leagues which is a fantastic I suppose brand partnership and it's, it's worked fantastically well over the last couple of years Yeah we're delighted it's hard to believe that it's year 12 uh, and it's great to be back here on on the, on the Hallow Turf in, in Porky Cueve um, on the on the eve of the 1st of June uh, it's been such an unusual 12, 13, 14 months for everyone uh, the leagues I suppose last year I suppose really didn't unfortunately they, they commenced in, in earnest but events came in the way in mid-March so we have as you know a different format for, for this year and um, you know, we're looking forward with, with hope and expectation to those games um, starting up you know from, from next week and moving into the championship programme a different format this year slightly truncated but that's because of circumstances and judging by the enthusiasm of the players uh, here tonight um, you know I think all clubs are, are training uh, and looking forward to the commencement and of course it's great to have yourselves in, in Red FM as our, as our sponsors and partners uh, it's been a good partnership and looking forward to a, a good year in, in 2021 mm-hmm. I was going to say just talking to the players they're really excited about the new format it gives them a lot of tough competitive games in the league which will set them up nicely for championship S- Similar to the, the Alliance Leagues uh, at the inter-county level at the present time uh, I suppose that you know the model is the League Cup model is, is kind of somewhat similar to that trying to keep the, the principles of the league um, as they always are uh, intact and, and also to give good competitive games a lot of work was done to make sure that the groups were you know set up that we, we avoided championship pairings and repeats and all that uh, and I suppose with the new the championship format even that it, it is a separate competition as you know um, you know we, we have I suppose had an eye to those championship draws which we did at the end of April uh, in terms of setting up the groups so it's onwards and upwards now from now on and you can just talk to the lads they're just itching to get out back playing with their clubs back representing their localities it's fantastic to see and everyone's just raring to go after the year we've had 
Undoubtedly, and that that's I suppose the common theme. You know, even going back to the the, the first intercounty matches here, the first games, senior hurling game against Waterford, and right through to being in Ennis yesterday afternoon, it's it's great from from an administrator's point of view as well to be on on pitch and the and on the sidelines and pitch side as it were uh, for for games. That's what we're all about, and it's equally important and and even more so for for the clubs and and club players, of course, club championship and the league is such an important preparation for that. All right, thanks very much. Thank you very much. That's Rory speaking to Mark Sheehan there of the Cork County Board down at the launch of the Red FM Senior Hurling Leagues for 2021 in Porky Cueve. We were down there on Monday evening and you might see the photos of that online on redfm.ie as well. If you missed any of the show tonight, you can catch up on the whole thing too on redfm.ie. That is us out of time for this evening. The Big Red Bench is back with Rory. He's in the hot seat tomorrow evening from 6. I'll be back on air with you Bank Holiday Monday on the 10 to 2 show. I'll chat to you then. Have a great Saturday evening. Enjoy the long weekend. Looking forward to Monday. Things reopening. Stand by for Stevie G. He's on the way next. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie Cork's Red FM Hi, 